Amen. It's always good to hear young people sing. This is my Matthew Henry commentary. This is my message for this morning, but I've condensed it into one little page for you. If you did not get notes, I tried to hand them out earlier. I'm a note kind of guy. You're certainly, uh, if you didn't pick one up, I think there's some on the back, in the back there. And uh, raise your hand or whatever, and Jeremy will be happy to deliver you a copy. Um, find Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Actually, this uh, Matthew Henry book is there to elevate the material a little closer to my old eyes. But since my trifocals, I'm trying to adjust without the, without the extra help. Romans chapter 5 is where you want to go. I told Pastor since it was Memorial's Day on, on Monday, I should probably preach a little bit about soldiers or something, but um, I checked out my file and I found out that I just gave you a message on that and you'll know all the answers, so I couldn't go there. And then I thought, well, I should preach on Lydia because there's a lot of Lydias in this country that need the Lord. They need to be saved. And I'm talking about good church-going people that still go to church, but they have not made that second decision to trust Christ. Well, I found out that most of my notes on Lydia I've already shared here too, so you have all those answers memorized. Uh, then I thought, ah, Memorial Day, I'll preach on the importance of remembering. But I couldn't remember where I put my notes for that. So that didn't work either. But the Lord impressed me to share a little something with you about perseverance this morning, and so that's what I want to do. And before I forget, I'm old and I had a terrible time trying to spell perseverance. But on your paper there, there's three oopses. Um, persevering, you have to drop the R where it says title there. Promise products, there's an extra R in persevering, just take that out. And be ye kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. If you look down in the middle of the page where there's a uh, OBD, o ODB defines a snail's Persevering right below that, by perseverance, again, I spelled perseverance with an E, and I think it's spelled with an A. Now, all the English teachers will correct me after class today or after church today, and I'll, I'll hear about that. And then the last one is at the very end of your notes, the very last word on your notes. Uh, per -se it should be spelled P-E-R-S-E-V-E-R. A-N-C-E, perseverance. Now, you would never know that my degree from college was in English, would you? Uh, it was an English-business combination, and I'm still struggling with all the spelling that I need to do. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I know the crowd is small because of the virus that's around, but I'm really thankful to be here. At my age, I'm thankful to be anywhere. Um, I appreciate your pastor so much. He does such a fine job. He's quite an expositor of the word, and I, I, wanted to, I wanted to land in a church that does well with the Old Testament, and he, he really covers the Old Testament well. I'm very comfortable and very familiar with New Testament stuff, and so I like to hang around there, but I appreciate your pastor, and I hope you appreciate him as much as I do, and when he comes back, I hope you tell him that. Uh, I hope he comes back refreshed and relaxed and ready to give us a, a whole boatload of new stuff. In the past week, I learned three things about COVID-19 I did not know before. One of the gals stopped me in the parking lot, and she said, Pastor, the mask that you have on, she said, if you can blow out a candle, 
with the mask on, the mask isn't doing any good. And I said, lady, I can't even blow out a candle with the mask off, let alone the mask being on. How many knew that? I did not know that. I had to laugh. I went through Walmart, and a little old lady about 80 years old was wearing a, a T-shirt. Big, bold letters on the front of the T-shirt, and I, I just enjoyed it so much. This little old lady had written on her T-shirt, I survived the 2020 toilet paper crisis. <laughs> and the other thing that's interesting in, about the COVID-19 thing is that 100 years ago, you were not allowed in a bank with a mask on. And today, you're hardly allowed in a bank without a mask on. <laughs> Times are a-changing without a doubt. I want to talk today about perseverance. Perseverance isn't just for old people, it's also for athletes. Perse perseverance isn't just for old-timers, it's also about married couples. Perseverance is very much about Christianity. You and I need to persevere. And the tougher times get, and they will, they could get rougher before they get easier. We, do, we just need perseverance. And I think it's important that we take a look at this little word study and think about it some. You can tell from the outline that I've given you that uh, there was a t-shirt worn by a friend of mine by the name of Mario from Elkton. Mario was a Hispanic fellow who had his wife and kids. They were up here working on one of the farms. And he, he wore a t-shirt to church one day and the t-shirt said, Victorious in suffering, justified in him. Victorious in suffering, justified in him. And you know, that's what perseverance is. It's when you and I realize in our suffering and in our difficulties and in our trials that the Lord is still in charge and we are still justified. He looks at us as if we have never sinned. He looks at us as a child of his and he loves us and he longs for us to persevere. Now, let me give you the definition here before I teach you some other things. Um, persevere defined. It simply means a continued pursuit of a goal. You can get these from a common dictionary. But if you want to fill in the blanks there, continued pursuit of a goal. A constant undertaking of a task or a challenge. Undertaking would be the second word. Now the third word is kind of a negative thought, but it means... Rebellion, rebellion in not forsaking a sin. So in other words, if you have a sin that you're hanging on to and you haven't gotten rid of it yet, you haven't gotten the victory over it, then you are persevering in that sin. You are in rebellion by not getting rid of it. Now, the Daily Bread commentary way back from 2010 defines it as steadfast, constant, and enduring. And perhaps right after you write the word enduring, you could put 2 Timothy 2.3, since tomorrow is Memorial Day. But 2 Timothy 2.3 reminds us that we are to endure hardness as a good soldier. So if you're a soldier of the Lord, and I trust you are, then one of your, or part of your calling is to persevere, is to uh, pursue righteousness, is to undertake the task and the challenge of living for Christ. And it is certainly to not be rebellious in your hanging on to and harboring sin.
And then the illustration there, I thought this was hilarious. You young people will like this. Our daily bread defines a snail's persevering pace. You want to guess how fast it is? How fast a snail crawls? Are you ready? Here's your answer. Point zero zero seven five eight miles per hour. Or, so it's easier for you to understand, 40 feet per hour. Our last house was 40 feet long. It takes a snail one hour to crawl from one end of the house to the other end of the house. I hope he has a strong bladder, okay? That would be uh, quite, a, quite a trick, Mr. and Mrs. Snail. I have to use the restroom. <laughs> See you in a week. But uh, the snail is persevering. Uh, right below where it says define there, uh, C. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon said this, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. By perseverance, the snail reached the ark. Just a couple more things about perseverance, which is really about pressing on. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence and perseverance. Talent will not take the place of perseverance. Treasure will not take the place of perseverance. And time will not take the place of perseverance. We just have to press on one moment, one minute, one hour, one step after another. We just have to keep going. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Men lacking in perseverance, men lacking in persistence, and men lacking the capacity to press on. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent but no perseverance. Where there is no struggle, somebody said, there's no success. The success ladder cannot be climbed with your hands in your pockets. You have to have persistence. Well, where do we start? Well, you're in Romans chapter 5. I will be there in just a minute. The most persevering passage of Scripture that I can think of that comes to my mind is the 121st Psalm, where the psalmist declares that he needs the help of the Lord to keep persevering. Let me read it to you very quickly. The psalmist writes, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee shall not slumber. He that keepeth Israel, verse 4, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. If you need a psalm on perseverance, Psalm 121 is a good psalm. It will help you to continue persevering regardless of your struggle, regardless of your trial, regardless of your challenge. Today I want to give you five promises in this short passage in Romans chapter 5. If you're able, would you please stand, those of you that are here, and if you're at home and want to stand, that's up to you. But if you would stand with me, I'd like to read verses 1 through 5, get you to wake up just a little bit, and then we'll give you these five promises, and we'll uh, send you home, okay? 
Verse number 1 of Romans 5, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And verse 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Father, bless your word as only you can. Enable this old preacher by the power of your Holy Spirit to speak that which is important, relevant, and helpful, and leave out those things which are not of no value. Lord, we want to do justice to you as we preach, and we want to do justice to you as we listen to the Holy Spirit talk to our heart this morning. So you take charge and help us to leave here encouraged and strengthened and purposed to be a persevering people. And we'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, you may be seated, those of you that are here. And if you're at home, I don't know if you're going to see it or not, but uh, you certainly can. <coughs> Promise number one from this text is by faith we have peace. It's right in verse number one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. Now, the peace is specifically there for our enjoyment. You know, uh, there's a ton of painkillers out on the market. When your leg hurts and your head hurts and your tummy hurts, you can go to the doctor and they'll give you pills for everything. But you know, for the believer, it fundamentally should be prayer. For you and I, it fundamentally should be that we take it before the throne of the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. This job is really a challenge. You've got to help me persevere and stay with it. Lord, this, this headache of mine just is not going away. At least bring me to a good doctor so I can get the right prescription and get a little bit of help. But prayer ought to be the key more so than the painkillers. We have a culture in which millions and millions of people lack peace and they have no enjoyment because the pains of life are getting the best of them. Well, we have been justified by faith, it says in Romans verse 1 here of chapter 5, and we get peace. We get that package of peace from the Lord. Another part of the scripture says it's without understanding. The world doesn't get it. But we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer becomes our primary painkiller because that prayer brings that peace. I think of Isaiah 26.3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. So if you want peace, the way to do it is to come to the Lord in faith and uh, accept his justification and get that peace so you can have some enjoyment in your life and you don't have to go through life as a Christian just enduring everything I mean, we were called to endure and persevere, but we're also told to enjoy the life. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. And it's, it's a balancing act. We need to rejoice often so that the world can see that we have a hope in Christ. And uh, then we have to persevere and endure. The second promise we see here in the second verse, not only do we have peace for our enjoyment, but we have access by whom also we have access by faith. 
So we justification by faith. Now we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So when we have access, we have access to his power. That's the second part of our second promise here. I don't know where you would be without the power of God, but uh, I would be nowhere without the power of God. I need him for every breath. I need him for every heartbeat. And at my age, I, I'm not the least bit surprised that he could take me out in the next few seconds. All it takes is a particle of dust to go through my brain and I'd be in Never Never Land. Actually, I'd be in heaven. And uh, how many funerals have you heard about in the last two months that you were surprised to hear about? Uh, our life is like a vapor. It's here and then all of a sudden it's, it's gone. You ever see a jet scream? A jet, a jet scream. Screaming across the sky, leaving a stream. And then you look away to open the door for your wife and you look back and it's gone. That's where our life is. But we need to persevere until the very end. We need to have the power of God in our prayer life. We need to have access. Uh, the men and women that get into the conferences with Donald Trump, with President Trump, need an access pass. They don't have an access pass. They can't get in that room and ask questions. And uh, if you have any kind of a position that requires an access pass, when I was in the service in, in uh, Germany, we run a missile base. And on that missile base, without an access pass, you did not get into the warhead room. Uh, you were not allowed in there. That was classified, and it was uh, uh, information that was top secret. So you needed an access pass. And I am so thankful that we have access to the Lord because of what he's accomplished for us. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through a counselor. We can go right to him. Say, Lord, I need your help. Help me with this difficulty, and he will. And his power is in our prayers because of that access pass, by whom also we have access by faith. So we get peace. That's the first promise we have, is peace for our enjoyment. And then we have access, access to his power that helps in our prayers. And thirdly, we get patience. Look at verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And we need patience for our pressures and for our problems. You can pray for me because I'm trying to think of a really good answer to share with the first person that forces me to wear a mask, a muzzle, as one person called it. I'm trying to be Christian, and I'm trying to be pleasant, but I, I appreciate my privacy, and I appreciate my own space, and I, I really don't like being told I have to look like Halloween all year long with a mask on. And I'm trying to think of the best way to calmly tell the people, you wear my mask. Uh, I want to be cautious and I want to be careful, but I don't want to be paranoid. And I do believe it's okay to control people that are ill. I just really struggle with somebody telling all the well people how they must behave. I, I just struggle with that. So pray for me. Uh, I fought for my freedom and I'd like to maintain it. And uh, sometimes I think it's a little ludicrous uh, some of the things they expect you to do. I went to one store and they had a whole list on the outside 
You've got to wear a mask. You've got to scrub up when you, before you touch an item. You've got to scrub up after you touch the item. You've got to scrub up before you open the door. And it was just a long list. And I told the fellow, I said, you're scaring off all your customers with all these rules. And there wasn't anybody in the store but me, so I had the liberty to say that. And uh, I bought a board. And the price of the board, it was a second-hand board. And I said, how much for the board? He said, that would be a dollar and seven cents. So I went to get my wallet, and he said, we don't accept cash. Now, you don't say that to a Norwegian. You don't tell the Norwegian you don't accept. Cash talks. I've been around the world. Cash is accepted everywhere. But this young fellow was, we don't take cash. I said, well, look. I said, you're going to have to keep your board. Because that's discrimination, I said. I, you've got to let me pay cash. I, now, I did have my credit card. I was just being a stubborn Norwegian. And I said, uh, you can keep the board if, I've got to, if you've got to add another rule to the list. And finally, he said, oh, well. He says, in this case, we'll take your cash. So I said, well, good for you. I said, look, give me my board, and I'll get out of here. But uh, I don't know if you need patience through this COVID-19 thing, but I am one rascal that does, okay? I really... I really would appreciate your prayers that I would be patient, say the right thing at the right time to the right people in a polite fashion and not smack anybody, okay? That's my goal, to try to, try to be sensible and safe, try to be uh, cautious but not crazy. Um, try to be careful but not paranoid. And we get that by faith. We, faith helps us with our patience. And patience is a word that I think we all struggle with with our families and with our jobs and everything else. And when the patience um, is developed, it is developed through the pressures and the problems that we have. So what follows patience? Well, first we have peace for our enjoyment. We have access then for our prayer life. We have patience for the pressures of life. And in verse number four, we see that we gain character. Now the word character is not in there, but I want to tell you something, that experience is all about developing character. Verse 4 says, and patience, experience, and experience, hope. Character is the product from our experiences. And each of us has a character that is individually different and individually strange to others. Uh, I've had a multitude of experiences in seven decades that you'll never have. And as a result of those experiences, I have this character, this, this me. And it's no different for you. But the Lord allows those experiences in your life to develop your character. Now, many of my colleagues have said that exposition of scriptures is far more important than experience. And I always take them to task, and I say, well, that is true. I love the exposition of scriptures. But the exposition of scriptures is much more powerful when you can back that exposition up with an experience in your own life that really makes that message yours to share. Because too many people are sharing messages that they haven't owned. They're sharing messages that they haven't experienced. And because they haven't experienced those messages, they fall on deaf ears. And as a result, the uh, character is never developed properly. Every appointment we have in the course of the day, in the course of the week, is, to me, it's, it's a divine appointment. 
Every contact is somebody that the Lord lines up for me to contact. Every route that I take to the grocery store. This is all part of the way the Lord handles my day. Because it, that even at my age, he's not through with me yet. He's still developing this character. And he's still giving me experiences. This idea of being uh, televised on live stream. When I was a kid, live stream was a river with fish in it. And, and today, there's so much technology that it just, us old timers were saying, hello, not so fast. This is, you know, I was mic'd up today by Caleb, and I said, Caleb, I want a King James microphone. King James only. And he said, what kind of microphone is that? I said, that's no microphone. Okay? But uh, I'm... I, I struggle with too much technology too fast. Uh, I think what happens is with too much technology too fast is we grow too fast and we miss some really valuable experiences. I've been told, and I believe it's true, that when missionaries come back to the U.S. and you ask them the difference between missionary kids overseas and American kids, most of them will say that American kids grow up too fast. They see too much, too quickly, that they shouldn't be seen. And as a result, they have a personality that's much different from the missionary who's maybe spent 12 years in Africa without a television or spent 12 years in Africa without Facebook or computers. You say, are there really people without computers? Yes, there are. <laughs> not too long ago, I heard that 30% of Americans are not yet connected to the Internet. 30%. That's a lot of people. I'm not connected to the internet. I haven't figured out how to turn on our computer yet. But uh, I need patience. You need patience. Patience gives us uh, our character, and our character becomes a product of those experiences. And they're unique to each one of us. And I'm glad that by faith, the Lord gives us all of these. And I'm glad that by persevering, persevering in my experiences, persevering in my experiences helps develop that character. I've got to wrap this up. Number five here. Found in verse number five. What does hope do for us? Well, by faith we maintain hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. By faith we maintain hope. And that is a promise of the Holy Spirit. Now they haven't documented anybody yet that I know of that is. Uh, gone over the edge and taken their life because of COVID-19, but I'm sure there are some. Um, history tells me that most people who do end their life run out of hope. The suicide note says, there's no hope for me. Well, you and I have access to that hope. We can maintain that hope, and the Holy Spirit continues to renew that hope in us. And that's why with that hope, we can have the confidence that the Lord wants us to have. We can have the hope that's required to endure the Christian life, to enjoy the Christian life, and then to uh, engage others through our Christian testimony. So by faith we have peace, verse 1. Peace for our enjoyment. By faith we have access to the Lord, His power in our prayers. By faith we have patience. His patience is needed for our pressure. By faith we gain character, and that is a product of our experiences. 
And then by faith we maintain hope, which is a promise of the Holy Spirit. Now at the very end of this message, it says, how do we apply this today? What's our application for today? Where do you suppose we find the only KJV appearance of this word perseverance? Now, if we were open and we were not mic'd up to live stream, I would have you guess. But that's not the case today, so I'm going to tell you what it is, and that's what goes in that last blank. Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. And if you're familiar at all with Ephesians 6, you know that Ephesians 6 has the armor of God passage. In uh, verse 10 and 11, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. And then you go through this armor of God passage. <coughs> when you get to verse 18, here's what we read. You and I are to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now that's what Paul said. The apostle Paul needed to develop perseverance in his own life to do all the things that God wanted him to do. And you and I need perseverance to do all the things that the Lord wants us to do. And without perseverance, we will fall flat on our face. We are to pray, the text says, verse 18 there. We are to supplicate, that simply means to beseech humbly. And we are to watch. That means we are to be on the lookout all the time and be ready for the Lord's return. Be ready for the next challenge. With all perseverance. And that's my challenge for this morning. You pray for this preacher that my perseverance growth hasn't stopped but I will continue to persevere because some days it gets tough, okay? It's tough to roll out from underneath the covers. My, my granddaughter bought a 15-pound blanket. They have these weight blankets, you know? I said, how in the world do you roll out of bed with a 15-pound blanket on top of you? She says, well, it's tough, Grandpa. I mean, I can't roll out of bed with a thin sheet on top of me. It's difficult, but... Uh, Pray for me that my perseverance will continue to grow. And I will pray for you that you will continue to persevere, that you will continue to pursue the goals that God has for your life, that you will continue to undertake the challenges that come your way in your Christian walk, and that you will be continue, continue to be enduring and constant and steadfast. Perseverance is a characteristic I want. And so I'm going to pray for it in my life, and, and I'm going to be praying for it in your life. And I know that's not an evangelistic challenge, but I hope it was helpful to you. Let's stand and have a word of prayer. With heads bowed and eyes closed, just two questions this morning. I always close this way.